Hi, I'm Kalina. And I'm Peter. Welcome to Tap Into Extraordinary. The podcast for go-getters, big dreamers, and overachievers. Join us as we discover what it takes to tap into the extraordinary. There we go. Okay, I approved to be recorded. Yes. <laughs> hey. So, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to season two of Tap Into Extraordinary podcast. Um, Excited to be here, excited to be back live. Uh, and this week we are bringing you um, another inspirational story of um, someone that we think is the definition of extraordinary in their own right, in their own way. And this week we have on the podcast Daniel Billings, who is a, like a longtime friend of mine and a former colleague from many years ago. Um, BIMA 100 inductee, and he'll tell us more about what that means in a moment. And an amazing father, because I think we need to mention that because that is a full-time job of its own. Uh, and we are very excited to have Daniel on the podcast. So welcome, Daniel. Welcome, Daniel. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. Not a problem <laughs> at all. So we are having you on this episode of the podcast. Um, and I think you may be the first guest for this season too. Um, so Polina's already kind of like spoken a little bit about um, you, but we'd love to get a, a really good introduction from you in your own words around who you are, what you do, and what you're really all about. Cool. Okay. Well, um, I'm Daniel Billings. Uh, as Polina's just said, I'm, I'm a husband and a father to four amazing children. Um, what Polly probably didn't touch on is that uh, my wife is probably even more extraordinary than me and does a lot of the heavy lifting with those guys. Um, but a little bit more about me. I love being outdoors. I'm very fortunate to live down on the south coast and near the New Forest. So any way that I can get out and, and exercising into the fresh air down by the beach, I will definitely be doing that. Um, I'm also a little bit of a geek. Um, I'm a collector of classic and retro football shirts or anything geeky to be honest um in terms of work um again polly's touched on some bits there already but i'm an account director at demand exchange which is a lead generation platform largely in the b2b and martech sector uh, i'm also the founder of nexus design and consult um uh, and i'm also a mentor at bema and as, as polly's mentioned uh, being inducted into the Beamer 100 for, for 2021. Very nice, very nice. And how long have you been in your industry for? Oh, too long. Um, in total, I think it's about 17 years now. Have there been any notable uh, periods that you kind of like remember or look back on with fondness during, during that period of time? Yeah, I think I, I've been very fortunate. I've worked with some fantastic companies in, in the past as well. And I think what made those companies fantastic was for people who were there. Um, I was part of the launch team for the Festival of Marketing. So that was a great project to be working on and one which we won a number of awards for, but it, it was just fun. It was something completely new and different for the industry. Um, and was a great, great event to work on. Um, so lots of great times there. When I first got into sales, I, I had a fantastic team on a on a much read publication called Packaging News. Um, but some fantastic people I was working with there who have taught me a lot and, and have definitely helped me along along my way in, in my career. Um, some great times at the drum as well, some fantastic people there uh, over at eConsultancy and, and now over at Demand Exchange as well. There's been lots of um, lots of great memories, but I think 
my time probably at e-consultancy when we were working on the festival of marketing um probably probably one of the more fun times i've, I've had working it was just there's a great team great people um fantastic leadership and everything just seemed to bubble together and make a fantastic atmosphere and a fantastic event to work on yeah and for those that don't know the festival of marketing is actually the biggest marketing and media should we say events in the industry it happens like every year it's huge there's amazing lineup of speakers usually so if you are in media marketing you definitely know of it but if you don't then it's one to like probably get acquainted with because it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the year and what's happening in that industry so it's not just any events to work on <laughs> Daniel, I was thinking, so you've mentioned like quite a few of your steps along the way. Um, but I guess I'm sure for anyone listening to this, they would be questioning like, how does one go from selling advertising space, as you said, packaging news, <laughs> great title, to being recognized as one of the top 100 people shaping the UK's digital industry, which is basically even 100? Um. I, if I'm being completely honest, I have no idea. It, it was it was never the plan. Um, I think a lot of people, when they come into sales roles, it's almost like, particularly in, on the media side, it's, it's almost like they fall into it. They've usually graduated from university, um, have a degree in whatever it is that they've been doing and need to get a job. And they, they always seem to be particularly many many years ago um a number of media sales roles which were going and i sort of fe fell into that I, I did my degree in business and economics so i've always been interested in the marketing aspect of it but maybe not so much the selling side of it but i think um through landing into that sales role and, and, and having that interest in marketing it, it really helped me to develop and helped me i suppose tell the story when working with clients and trying to understand what their needs and their objectives were, um, not just to pitch or just to sell to them, but um, being able to, to, to market, I guess, as part of that pitch as well. Um, with that, and, and the, like I said, the fantastic team that I worked on, um, I was fortunate enough to move into different publications and, and different areas which were extremely interesting to me. So I mentioned the likes of um, e-consultancy um, revolution as well, which was part of Brand Republic Group, um, which was Haymarket and I believe is now all part of campaign. Um, working on titles like that and, and learning more about the, the areas that I was interested in as well also made it a lot easier um, to pitch, to understand the, the market, the industry, the individuals that you're talking to as well and i think it was only when i moved over to those publications that I, I even became aware of bema so it was never from starting on packaging news which i'm pretty sure if you've heard of it it would have only been on the guest special guest publication of, of have i got news for you um it's, it's not it's not your, your daily rag which you would pick up but to go from there to then you know be inducted into the bema 100 it's, it's been been a long journey and i think once like i said once i came over to those marketing titles i did have it in my mind that it would be a great thing to do and it was probably a sort of a long-term goal of mine um or aspiration i suppose rather than than goal to to get into the 100 and um i've just been fortunate enough to keep working with like i said to keep working with great people um 
surrounding myself with fantastic people, positive individuals um, who've allowed me to shine and to grow um, and to really, I guess, focus on what my job and what I needed to do to, to help our clients, um, which in turn obviously, obviously helps the businesses which I was working with um, to succeed. Mm. So on your journey then, and we should- I know that you said, sorry, Polina, that, you know, it wasn't kind of like the plan. You just you just got here mm. as a function of, of good work and hard work. Does it make you feel, do you have to kind of like pinch yourself to be like, hang in a second. Mm, the last thing I remember, this wasn't anywhere on the agenda and this thing has now happened. Do you have to pinch yourself? around whether this is real because to be one of the top 100 people to influence the your industry that is a pretty big deal in whatever sector that you're that you're working in it is big recognition yeah no definitely i think when when the email came through saying that um you know we, we had been inducted but i had been inducted into into the 100 this year it, it was very much a case of Right, who's who's sending me a joke email? I've got straight onto the phone to, to all my mates saying, right, who's who's got this email set up? Um, so it was, yeah, it, it was a little bit surreal because, like you said, there's so many people who've who've been in there before me and who I've looked up to and have you know recognised as, as great people within within the industry and even within the um, the class of 100 this year as well. There's a couple of names which popped up where I was like, oh my gosh, I I, I used to you know, not work with, but you were a client of mine sort of 15 years mm-hmm. ago. So re-engaging with those people as well. So um, it is it is very surreal. I think um, <laughs> I think if you had spoken to a lot of the, the team and the people I was working with when I first broke into media sales um, and said, here's a lineup of 10 people, pick the one who's going to get into the Beamer 100, I probably would have been picked number 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it is, yeah, it's, it's just been like you said, a very surreal journey um, and one with many ups and many downs. Obviously, we touched on a lot of the ups, um, you know, some of the great companies that we've worked with and some of the fantastic people as well. Um, so, yeah, it, it was a bit of a surreal moment. And it was one, I think, as as I've sort of progressed in my career and almost recognising a little bit more, I guess, what that means and to have people nominate me who are my clients and, and my peers as well. It's, yeah, it's an honor. And, you know, I, I feel very honored, very proud to have been accepted into, into the 100 this year. But then again, I think it's exactly a testament of what you said in the earlier question, which was, it's about understanding people. And like, it's about the people that were around you, that nurtured you. It's about your network. It's about your supporters, your colleagues, your teams. Uh, the passion that you've translated about the subject of marketing into what you do. So then it's just a testament that that just gets recognized by the people around you. And so I think it just ties in so nicely that you place such a big value on the network and the people around you. And as a result, it has actually paid off because they also see um, the amazing talent that you are. Definitely. I think, I think positivity breeds positivity. Mm-hmm. Um, so having that group of people around you who you know you can trust, who will, who will work with you, who will push you as well, um, it's, it's an amazing thing to have. And I think probably one of the things which has, has helped me to develop more as I've gone through my career as well is understanding those people who 
bring more and add something to whether it's a conversation, whether it's to a work role, whether it's your personal life, having those people who have the same goals, the same objectives as you and who are positive about it as well. Um, it helps you to achieve that. There's nothing worse. And everyone, everyone has been in those situations where you're working in an office and there's a lot of you know chatter in the background, people talking about other people mm. and, you know, I don't want to say backstabbing, but you know, he wanted to get the promotion ahead of someone yeah. else. And it can, it can breed a really not hostile, not toxic, but an atmosphere which doesn't allow people to grow to, to, to experience and to achieve extraordinary, really. Absolutely. You mentioned obviously that you've had great ups and, and stuff, but I think it would be remiss of us to miss and maybe touch on um, before we get on to the, the main question, which you're, fascinates me in your experience is that whilst there have been ups, there have been downs. How did you manage to deal with the downs that you've experienced through your career? Um, were there any of note that you think um, really made a difference to maybe your mindset or your approach? Definitely. I think um, when you're when you're young and breaking into any sort of job role or any sort of marketplace, um, you can sometimes almost feel invincible and your take on a lot. Um, you think you can do everything. You will say yes to everything. You will want to please people. You will burn the candle at both ends. Um, and it's, it's not good for you. Um, and it took me a very long time to, to realize that. And, but I think one of the, you know, the, the biggest downs that I've had is that, um, I am constantly fighting depression. Um, I try and find my my positive places as much as I can, but um, it's always very difficult when um, you have that nagging feeling sometimes in the background, sometimes but sometimes that you're not good enough. And I think as I was getting into the industry and as I was growing into the roles that um, I have now, um, you would try to hide the fact i guess that, that you weren't completely all right but you that you did need to speak to someone or, or did need to seek some help um the sales uh, industry obviously being quite um male orientated and macho as well um you know you, d you don't have problems you, you go out for a beer after work get over it and, and carry on um but i think there was a lot of time where i was probably taking on too much and not realizing that it was okay for me to ask someone for mm. help and um it got to a point where yeah I was, I was really really down i couldn't i couldn't handle things and um there was a lot of things that happened at the same time my father became ill uh one of my children was diagnosed with autism which was a very big strain on on the family as well having to learn how to to cope with um the needs that, that she has to, to make her live the best life that she can possibly live um, which made things difficult. And I think it's how you, you deal with those downs and, and, and take a step back and look at yourself and sort of go, what, what, what do I really want? What's the, what's the one thing which would make me, me happy and not, not so much focus on what would make everyone else happy or, or what other people's version of extraordinary for you mm. is. It should be what, what, what you're, you're happiest with. What is your extraordinary? Um, and I think it was sort of finding that out and realizing that I didn't have to be 
this person, which maybe other people saw as this is brilliant. This is what a good business person looks like. This is what a good father looks like. This is what a good husband looks. This is what a good friend looks like. You have to sort of focus on what it is that makes you feel good, what makes you feel happy. And when you get to that point, everything almost follows suit and becomes a lot easier and um, allows you to, 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 to grow and to progress as, as you need to and, and to aim and to grow into that extraordinary person, which, which we all are. Yeah. I mean, it's really refreshing to hear you talk about um, some of the things that maybe men and, and, and guys in business won't necessarily um, admit upfront and honestly. And the fact that, you know, it's very, very easy to be in a cycle of work where actually you do go through spats with depression but you don't think it is depression. You just think, oh, it's just you being stupid and you just being tired. To one thing that I think yeah. everybody has to deal with is that nagging feeling, as you put it, of not being good enough. That, for many people, yeah. is an absolute killer. And just hearing you talk about that, I hope it encourages other people to, you know, not hide those kind of um, emotions when they experience and experience them behind bravado, because that's what men tend to do. We hide it behind bravado and think, oh, we will get around to it a bit later on. And it does more damage than good. Definitely, definitely. And I think you, you sort of really covered it there. When it is that sort of cycle, it is that whole, you feel down. Am I feeling down because of this? Or oh, I just need to, get, you know, need to get a sewing. Or if, if any sort of arena where it's very much target orientated, you know, you, you, you're always working towards that. So I can do this. Maybe I can do this a little bit more. What I'll do is I'll now concentrate on that and no, no, I can't do this. I'm going to do it. And, and you just don't know how to plan your day. And um, it, it just all becomes, yeah, like you said, very difficult because you don't have that focus on yourself. And um, I can't remember who said it, but um, it's little things like you, you only have one body. You only have one mind. You know, if you don't take care of it, where are you going to live? Yeah, it's a temple that we have to live in for the rest of our lives. Uh, I mean, mine, mine is more like a ruins at the moment with a lockdown diet, but... Sorry, um, ruins, I'm sure. We'll, we'll, we'll go for temple <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> so, listening to your story, I guess the one thing that we haven't touched on is not only have you had all these things going on and you have managed to like go above and beyond and excel in your career, but you have an absolutely lovely family, uh, which is a big part of your life. And what I have as your friend and as your old colleague have always admired about you is your ability to find that balance between what's important and when does work need to be a priority, when does family life need to be a priority and just doing it in such a manner that no one ever feels neglected and it's, you're getting that perfect balance, what it seems like on the outside. So I have to ask, like, how does one achieve that? Because I know that this is something that, especially in the last year, so many people have really struggled with. How do you find, especially now where we don't have the division between home and work, how does one balance them so effortlessly? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't have said effortlessly. Um, but, um, yeah, no, it is, it is obviously very tricky and I think we've we touched on it slightly it's, it's, it's almost like finding your happy place and knowing what is what it is that you want to achieve and um you know, for a long time I think what I wanted to achieve was very much work orientated there was probably times where perhaps on the outside it, it looked like 
you know, I, I wasn't neglecting the family at all, but, um, you know, late nights with festival marketing, for example, and um, client events, award ceremonies, things like that, they do, they do add up and um, the children do notice it. They do take it all in. Um, I've been very lucky. My, my wife is amazing. And you know, at times I feel like she holds this family together, um, particularly with Matilda, my, uh, my child who has, has had autism. And um, I, you know, without her, I, I don't think I would be able to do it at all. Um, I think, like you said, how things have developed with the pandemic and a lot more people working from home, um, managing time between work and family can become difficult. And what I try and do is, and I, I might have said it already, but what I try and do is focus on on one thing, um, and, and on one thing at a time. And it can be any particular thing. And I, what I will do is ask myself when I get up in the morning, you know, what is the one thing I could do today which will make my family life easier so that everything else would either become easier or wouldn't be required to be done. And, and you can apply that question to everything that you do, whether it's you know, the one thing you could do within work today, which would make everything else easier or not necessary. Um, and then do, do my focusing on, on that one thing. Um, the other thing that I do is time blocking. Um, I am very protective of my time. I will have my set time where I will concentrate and make sure that I get that one thing done no matter what. Um, Sometimes that is incorporating family. It could be going to, you know, taking my youngest for a walk after dropping the others at school, um, grabbing a coffee and, and doing my work at the coffee shop whilst he has a sleep. Um, it's going to be different for everybody. Um, but I think, yeah, time blocking and having that focus on, you know, what is, what is the one thing that I can do today so that everything else would become easier or no longer necessary to be done. Um, because once you get that one thing done and, and other things become easier or are no longer necessary, it's amazing how quickly everything falls into place and how you can get a hell of a lot more done as well. I guess the challenge here would for uh, like speaking as someone who's listening to this is, would be like, how do you identify this one thing that is the most important? Like how does, how do you even go about identifying it in the first place? I think, it's, it's, it's how you would look at it, I guess. Um, if you're looking at it from a, a work perspective and, you know, you might have a target of I need to increase sales, you know, what is the one thing I can do today which would help me towards my target of increasing sales, which would make everything else easier or non-existent? And you can do it in different timeframes as well. You know, you could say, what could I do What's the one thing that I need to do to double sales in one year? But then you break it down and go, what is the one thing that I can do in six months so that everything else is easier so that in one year I can do this? What can I do in one week, which helps me get my one thing done in one month, which helps me get my six-month one done, which helps me do it? And you can break it down. It's that domino effect where if you get your one thing done every day, but dominoes will just all knock over until you get to that big one, which you want. So you can go big and I would say always aim as big as possible. Um, you know, if, if you're thinking whatever you think is doable, double it and aim for that. And I think that's sort of how you identify, you identify what it is that it is that you need to do. And, and 
make sure that it has purpose as well that you can relate to it if without without purpose you, you won't have your your productivity you won't want to focus on it so you've got to make sure it is completely relevant for you for what you want to achieve um, and that you have a purpose and you have a need an objective that, that you want to really attain and, and to get that one thing done I love everything you've just said there because a lot of it is very universal in terms of like if you just want to get stuff done those things are really important like if it doesn't mean anything to you you're never going to do it you're never going to have a reason yeah. to push through you're going to give up when it gets really really tough or you're just not going to venture out in the first place it's interesting to me to how you actually apply it in the view of getting work done but also getting balance as well and for mm. many people i think they struggle to um, be able to deploy that that train of thought, that mindset to those two things under the same umbrella, like getting stuff done, professional, getting stuff done, family. Because, well, actually, if I'm more efficient on the professional side, I've got more time with family. And I think that's really eye-opening for people who are busy, you know, who have got so much stuff to do and just struggle yeah. with time or, and I'm one of them, to be honest. So <laughs> I can definitely take that away from this episode. I think it's one of those things about when you look at, and I used to be one of those people where I would make to-do lists. And what I would notice is that my to-do list, even though I was getting things done, would always just get longer and longer and longer and longer. It, it didn't matter what I did. They would just keep getting longer. And it made me realize there were so many things which would be going on the to-do list which just weren't relevant, were not beneficial. And by then focusing your time on doing that, you're taking your time away from the bigger picture, from the main, the big objective, the big goal which you're aiming for. You know, I'm, we're not saying that other things aren't important. Family is important. Um, you know, exercise is important. Eating healthily is important. You should still be doing these things. That's but pretty amazing. If you focused the time that you have to, to do your work or whatever on the things which are going to make everything else easier, or like I said, if doing it makes means that you don't have to do something else because it takes it away, all of a sudden you have so much more time and you can focus on those other things as well. Um, and, and you and you should, you know, at the end of the day, you should sit down with your loved one. You should ask, you know, what you've been up to today. Have a hug, you know, have a kiss and a cuddle. Um, you know, and definitely exercising, eating healthy as well is so, so important. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, I, I, that was the one thing for me was when I just kept on going, why is my to-do list just getting bigger all the time? And I feel like I'm doing stuff. But I mean, and, and that's exactly it. I was doing stuff. It was the wrong stuff. But in some ways, I was get, almost getting that quick endorphin hit of, yes, I've ticked something off my list. But it really wasn't leading me anywhere. But when you've got that focus on this is what I need to do, and by doing this, everything else becomes easier or fall into place, um, that's, it, it, it just helps with so much and, and allows you to focus on everything else once you spent your however many hours a day. And I, I try and say do four hours a day because that gives you your however many hours that you need per year or whatever to, to get to that target, which, which you need to do. So I will make sure I time block and I am really, really tight on my time block as well. I'm like, this is it. I'm definitely doing my time to do this. Um, and just focusing on that. I'm really interested to know, Daniel, and 
maybe this this is maybe a little bit off script, but I, I think it still feeds the theme. And I'm I'm asking it selfishly because I just want to know it for my own kind of like reference. So for you, you've got so much going on. Obviously, work's there, fitness is there, family's there. How do you actually rank things in terms of importance? I'm I'm interested to know what your how you rate those things in terms of what's top, what's bottom. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. I think it's probably a sliding list, if we're being honest. You know, mm. at the weekend, work is obviously not important. Um, well, I say not mm-hmm. important, but obviously goes further down the list. Um, I almost wear up as, for me, family, my my health and well-being, work, uh, probably the three three sort of cornerstones of, of, of what, and, and not just me, but probably for, for most people in society, are, are three sort of cornerstones which, which you need to um, go by and, and, and live by. Um, what I would do is, is I, would st- I start each day with, right, what is the one thing that I can do today which will make, for, you know, for my family, which will make everything else easier or not necessary? And sometimes it could be as simple as, you know, I'm not going to shout today. I'm going to just make sure I'm really nice and calm and cool. And it's, you know, that's, that's the one thing that I'm going to do and make sure I do that today. And, you know, because of that, you know, your family are calmer. There's, you know, everyone's, so it, it goes into that. You know, what is the one thing that I can do in my job today, which will make everything easier or, or unnecessary? Sometimes it will be, I've really got to work on that proposal or that deck. I need to finalize that deck so uh, it's done because once that deck is done, we have a strategy which then feeds into how we're going to market ourselves, which then allows us to know who should be looking after which clients, for example. Um, obviously, I'm paraphrasing at the moment, um, but you know, it, it doing by finishing that deck makes everything else easier. So, I suppose it's a difficult one. It is. It, I, I will ask on each three and. I think you, you, you'd sort of just have to look at it and go, do you know what, actually today, this is the one thing which I, I really need to do. But once it's done, I can then focus on the other things as well, on the two other things, you know, whether it's like, sometimes it could be, you know, what's the one thing which is going to, you know, help my well-being and my, and my, my fitness or um, my health today. And it could be just, I'm going to, instead of driving to, to work, I'm going to walk because it will help me and it gives me time to clear my head and think about work, which is then your next one thing. And, but actually, because you've gone out and done that walk and got some fresh air, you are in a calmer place. So then you can have that more fun time and be calmer and you know, really appreciate the time that you have with your family as well. So it's just how it ties into each other, I guess. And you know, I think for every single person, it's going to be different. And on every single day, it's going to be different as well. Um, you just got to weigh it up, I guess, um, and, and really focus on... Um, what I suppose, what is the one thing out of those three things which would help make the other two easier? Absolutely. Today, so that's the one I'm going to focus on first, and then on to the others. Yeah, I mean that's that's really really helpful and really really useful. Um, certainly for me, just listening to you speaking that way, um, because it is about priorities and and having the conviction to actually know that you you should be doing something in the betterment. And even if it is like that little small thing, like being calm around family so that the environment at home is a lot more calmer and more conducive. It's little things like that that often I think go amiss that we just don't think about. 
because uh, we get wrapped up in the busy busy schedules and we've got to do this and just the hype and the, the buzz of everything the, the small things go missing this is gold and like as someone who's an overachiever or anyone who's trying to do a lot i think this is so valuable to take away and like i'm so glad we're having this conversation because i am one of those people who like wants to work on 100 things at once mm -hmm. and I was reading somewhere, uh, something recently that said, like, if you want to fail, like work on 10 businesses, work on 10 projects at the same time. If you want to succeed, pick one, focus on it, as you said, time block and just smash it out the park. And mm -hmm. uh, like, I'm so glad we're talking about this because this is something I struggle with, like on a daily basis, the dilemma of wanting to do everything. Um, but I think there is something there in the essence of you'll never be able to do everything and you would all, you would just end up making yourself feel worse for the fact that you want to do everything and you're never going to be able to do it humanly possible. So that would make getting that balance even more impossible. Particularly now with a lot of people working at home and having that stress at home as well, being able to say, you know, we've touched on it already, breaking up that sort of work-life balance. You know, it's very easy to be quite stressed with something which is happening at work. And, you know, you, for me, it could be like 3.30, all the kids coming from school. I'm meant to have a very important call with a client and they come running in, shouting all loud and you're like hitting mute and shushing away in the background and, you know, carrying a child, you know, under one arm whilst whilst talking to a client as well. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, being able to go, actually, do you want today? My focus is I'm, I'm not going to raise my voice and... You know, or, or I'm going to encourage questioning. Just let my kids ask as many questions as they want, um, which is sometimes a brilliant thing as well. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like I said, I think it's a moving scale and you've just got to find the focus, which is going to make it right for you today. And, you know, it's sometimes the one thing is actually work is the one thing today which will make everything else easier. Or just getting up out of bed and going for a jog so I feel better about myself could be that one thing because all of a sudden you feel a lot fresher, actually now I can focus a little bit more on this as well. So it's just weighing up as to what, you know, what is the one thing which can make everything else easier. The simplicity of it and the way you put it simply. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is really exactly. difficult. It is such a hard thing to focus on one thing at a time. At the same time, you are making me reevaluate my to-do list as we speak <laughs> and how much I have on it and whether I should be doing it the way I do now, which is there's always a hundred things on there or at least four or five things each day. And it, it's going to make me re rethink it this evening for sure. Um, if it's the right way to go about it, because it's, I think it's really important to emphasize again, how much you are doing, like you've mentioned some of it in the bio and if people have forgotten already, you have hobbies, you have a really good balance between work and life, you have your own businesses outside of work, like you have a very demanding job, that is a lot to do, you're, you're still giving back, you're mentoring other people, that is at least five to ten things to do that are constantly in your life, and the ability to then narrow it down to just one thing a day that you would do to make everything better is it's inspirational on its own. Yeah, no, definitely. I think um, with, and, and just to go back to you, to you there, Polly, as well, I think with, with to-do lists, one of the things that I noticed as well was that it's very easy to say yes to doing things as well. 
um, you know, if someone asks you to, you know, oh, can you just, can you help me do this today? Or can you do this? And um, one of the most refreshing things that I found is that ability to say no to things as well. If you, if you can say no to something, but lead someone on the route to figure it out themselves or to somebody else who can help them, then that's, that's fantastic. Knowing its own right is okay as well. I think if you, if you say yes to everything, you're, you're not going to please everybody. And the one person you're definitely not going to please and help is yourself. So having that ability as well to, you know, really hyper-focus on what is important and be able to just say, I'm, I'm really sorry, I'm, you know, I've got this, this, and this on. Um, I can't do it now, but if you want me to, you know, I've, I've got free time at this point. And then it's with that person. It's like, you know, these are my priorities. We're not saying you're not a priority, but I need to get this, this done. Um, or saying to them, you know, oh, have you thought about doing this? Or have you read this book by so-and-so? Because actually there's a lot of really good information you can get from that which would help you. Um, being able to say things like that to people um, or just to just go, I'm sorry, but no, um, makes a hell of a difference. And all of a sudden those, those to-do lists become a lot shorter and you focus on the things which have purpose for you, which will drive you and, and, and help you to grow your business, your aspirations, your your life, your well-being, whatever it is. Um, it allows you to do that as well. Absolutely. There are some absolute gems there. And that probably leads us very nicely. And I know that you've mentioned this as we were speaking, but the last question we have for you is, you know, what is your version of extraordinary for you personally? What does that actually mean to you? It's, it's an odd one because I think perspective comes into this so much. I think um, if you were speaking to the Danyan who was finding it, a struggle to get out of bed in the morning sometimes you know sometimes extraordinary is just getting out of bed and, mm -hmm. and getting getting shit done mm -hmm. um but other times you know for me it is for me i think extraordinary is, is finding a happy place um being able to continue to grow um always being learning as well. Um, I mean, Polly mentioned the, the mentoring side of things there, but I think from the last people that I mentored, um, I ended up learning more from them than, than they probably did <laughs> from me. And, um, you know, it's, 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 you know, being able to take something away from that is, is fantastic. Um, I think just having a purpose and doing what you can on a daily basis to, to get to that whatever that purpose is you know whether your purpose is you want to build an, an amazing business or you know even if you break it down and, as small as i just want to lose a couple of pounds before summer if you do that that's extraordinary that's amazing because you focused on that and you achieved that um i think just having a goal and going out to try and achieve it and doing whatever you can to do that um you have a perseverance and the ability to learn, to adapt, to try new things, um, to try and be the best possible you. I think that's, that is what extraordinary is. Oh, this right there made me feel warm and fuzzy. It's so beautiful. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah. That, that, that was brilliant. I think, you know, we know that everybody has their own interpretation of what extraordinary is. And this is kind of what this podcast is designed to kind of pull out people 
But I think, you know, you've distilled it down into some very simple, simple concepts there. You know, people often, when they think about extraordinary, have think it's, it has to be something big and outlandish and completely out of this world. But actually, on a day-to-day basis, it means very, it can mean very small things that make a big difference to the bigger picture. So I that's amazing. And I hope that everybody who listens to this will be able to take that away and hopefully think about what their version and your version of extraordinary is um, off the back of this episode. And um, Daniel, thank you so much for just sharing some of this because I've definitely taken some notes and I've definitely, one of the things that you um, mentioned, I think, which is my, my takeaway is, you know, that being really, really strict with that time blocking, that's something I don't do well. I don't do well at all. And I know that if I were to do that, I would have a lot more time to be able to do other things that I would like to do without constantly being at work and almost as though I, I'm under the cosh all the time. So that for me was a, was a gem. I mean, there's so much that I took away there that I don't know where to start from, but definitely your prioritization and just ability to be really focused with your efforts and your time. I think it's something that as an overachiever, I'm like constantly reevaluating, constantly struggling with. And I think it's probably a question that I need to just bring it back to the basics, ask myself every day, like what's the one thing that would really make a difference today rather than directly default back to my to-do list and all the 101 things that I need to be doing. So I think that is the very practical takeaway that I'm going to think on after this episode. But yeah, Daniel, thank you so, so much for like sharing your story and yeah, sharing your version of Extraordinary with us because I think we always want to showcase like what, how personal Extraordinary is and the different versions of it. And I think yours is so special and you dropped so many gems without even realizing it probably. Uh, I can't wait to hear this and soak up all your amazing insights and wisdom. Um, But yeah, I think, thank you again for sharing your story with us because I think it's very, very powerful. Thank you for having me. I'm glad that you've taken something away from it as well. And guys, if you are listening to this episode of the podcast, um, make sure you remember, and this will give us a huge boost and help us out massively. Make sure you give us a review on whatever podcasting uh, app that you're listening to this to. Uh, There will be weekly episodes of the podcast coming out for season two. We are planning 10 episodes. Um, Tune in again next Monday. And in the meantime, make sure you have an amazing week. And always remember, you define your version of extraordinary and don't be afraid to tap into it.